This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope they got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Lamb with the ball up top finds Draymond Green. Now Clay Thompson, a dribble, a jumper. Yes! Top of the key. Tonight? Maybe. Warriors have their second lead of the night. It's 93-92. Clay Thompson with 28. 8 of 16 beyond the arc. And Clay Thompson would finish with 28. 8 of 16 beyond the arc. A couple of Clay Thompson hot spells in this one. But it's not enough. Warriors lose tonight to the Pacers. 112 to 104 is the final. We welcome you inside Warriors wrap up here on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson with you for the next hour or so. 888 957 9570. 957 9570. We'll be with you here taking your phone calls and your text messages and reacting to this one. And, and look, we can have a conversation right off the top as to whether or not this is the Warriors' worst loss of the season or not. And I think there is absolutely a, a conversation to be had. The Warriors allowed the youthful Pacers playing without arguably their best two players in Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner, uh, second of a back-to-back the end of, although they still have one more game to go, but the back portion of a long Western road trip where they had been just getting beaten down by everybody. Uh, Andrew Nemhard, uh, unbelievable performance from him, especially down the stretch. You may have heard of him a week or so ago when he hit a three-pointer at the buzzer that capped a 17-point comeback against the Lakers, and he dominated tonight. Uh, against the defending champs as well. Hell of a performance from uh, the rookie from Gonzaga as uh, the Pacers look like they've got a good one in him, uh, obviously adding uh, Tyrese Halliburton to the mix, but uh, some young talent, but they had really been, really been struggling on this trip and, and without 
Turner and without Halliburton, yes, the Warriors did not have Andrew Wiggins, but but they allowed the confidence of a young Pacers team to get going early. Not a lot of defense early. Pacers put 34 on the board in the first quarter against the Warriors. And, uh, yeah, no Andrew Wiggins leads to pretty poor perimeter and wing defense. And it also really shows a just how this Warriors team, as it's currently constituted, they just don't have a lot of athletic wing players that can get up and down with a team that, that has the, the types of players that, that even uh, a team like the Pacers has. And I, I think you, you look at, at they really missed Andrew Wiggins tonight. It's also a statement to the Warriors have been relatively healthy to this point of the season. And as they dip now to, to 13 and 12 with the, the loss in this one, one injury to a key cog in Andrew Wiggins, and all of a sudden the Warriors can't beat Indiana at home when the Pacers are on the second of a back-to-back and toward the end of a long road trip without potentially uh, their their best two players at the very least their their best and, and you know a couple of starting players uh, as well uh, without Miles Turner and, and without Halliburton so uh, yeah uh, we can have a conversation at eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero about whether or not this is the Warriors' worst loss of the season there there it, there is other uh, games that we can point to. Uh, They did lose to Charlotte, Orlando, and Detroit all within the span of about a week, but all of those games are are on the road, and sure, the Pacers leave Chase with a better record than the Warriors, but a big part of the reason why they had a better record of the Warriors in street clothes on the the sideline, Uh, again, in the second of a back-to-back after they had been blown out in Portland, blown out in Utah, and blown out in Sacramento, over the course of the last week since Nemhard hit that three uh, at the buzzer. So I, I tend to think home games are, are uh, they're, they're all important, but I think home games against either bad teams or teams that are really hampered by injury, those are the ones that you absolutely have to get. So a little bit of the momentum that the Warriors have built up over the course of the last month or so, it, it is stalled. And now the schedule's going to get a lot more difficult. I think there was a, an opportunity here even without Wiggins, talked about it on Warriors Live, to get a little greedy if you're the Dubs and to get to 14-11 and 11 and to play the more difficult portion of the schedule, which is coming up, with you know from a position of advantage, from a position of being three or four games over 500, uh, and now the Warriors are gonna they're gonna have to to keep rolling. I think the Jazz are a, a really good matchup for the Warriors. We'll see though. Going to Salt Lake City, played three and in, in four here over the last. A couple of days, three games in, in four nights as uh, they lose this one tonight. And then the Celtics are coming in after a, a couple of days off to so rematch the finals. And nobody's playing better in the NBA in the first 20, 25 games of the season than the Boston Celtics, who look primed to get back to the NBA finals and, and potentially finish the deal. So no doubt the Warriors are going to be a lot more geared up for that one than they were for this one uh, tonight. 888-957-9570, setback in the recent momentum for the Warriors. Uh, bad Steph Curry game, uh, a, a night where the Warriors could not offset some of their poor play in certain areas with a bunch of three-point shots. Only three-point uh, makes tonight, 13 of them for the dubs, and this one, and Steph Curry was was two for 10. They've needed, for, for all of the other players who have contributed during this stretch where the Warriors have, have played 
much better basketball after being three and seven. You look at at the Warriors, and you know it's now ten of the last fifteen that they've won. And recently, they haven't played great basketball this this weekend. Really, they they didn't play a great game against the Rockets. They didn't play a great game against the Bulls, but they hit a ton of three pointers, and that helps offset it. And they were just kind of finding ways to get through it and finding ways to get wins. Tonight, different story. Bad Curry game. Just twelve points for Steph Curry in this one. Three of seventeen. So a, a clunker for Steph. Those happen. We all know it. Uh, but the Warriors are in a position right now where they can't win a game if Steph's going to have a clunker and they're not going to have Andrew Wiggins to help offset Jordan Poole, 23 points. Clay Thompson did have 28, and th- there were a couple of times where, where Clay uh, in this game got red hot uh, in once in each half, but you add it all up at the end of the night, and the Warriors wind up uh, wasting uh, the Clay hot spells and Clay moving up a couple of places on the all-time three-point field goals made list tonight as he was eight of sixteen from deep uh, and finished with twenty-five points. So eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It's John Dickinson here on Warriors wrap up on ninety-five seven. The game uh, as the Warriors drop this one to the Indiana Pacers. It's a bad loss. Again, we can quibble about whether it's the worst loss or this or that. I mean, that, there's a debate to be had. I'm not saying I'm once and for all correct about that, but you look at this Warriors team tonight. You know, bad Draymond Green game tonight. One of eight, zero of two. You know, did have nine boards and five assists and. You know, the Warriors just the ball movement wasn't there. The shots weren't falling 40 percent from the floor for the Warriors in this one. And, and they were just off, bothered by the athleticism of the Pacers. They allowed the, the Pacers young players to, to get rolling and, and gain some some confidence against the Warriors. And then Andrew Nemhard was feeling really good about his game down the stretch and he winds up dominating the ball game down the stretch in this one. Uh, Ten in the fourth quarter for Nemhard, He's hitting threes. He's looking at Steph Curry. He's setting up lobs to his guys like Isaiah Jackson and just having a good time as the Pacers wind up out, out hitting the Warriors even from three uh, in this one as uh, they hit 15 to the Warriors, 13 in a game they ultimately win here, 112 uh, to 104. So the loss, uh, how significant is it in a jumbled up Western Conference it's very significant for the Warriors in this jumbled up Western Conference as they had come into the evening sixth and the one loss, just one bad loss, one unaccounted for loss. And I think a lot of people had this one penciled in as a win. And all of a sudden you go from sixth to 10th in the Western Conference with the Clippers moving ahead of you, Portland moving ahead of you, Utah moving ahead of you and Dallas uh, moving ahead of you uh, at this point uh, by by virtue of of winning percentage, it's all jumbled up. You win three, four in a row, you might vault from from tenth right back up into the conversation for fourth. And look, tenth is only three and a half back of the top spot. But again, I think, and I just can't say this enough tonight. This is a real missed opportunity for the Warriors, and I think it's a, it's alarming in noting because that was the one thing we really hadn't seen to this point is, all right, we know the Warriors have played poorly at the beginning, 3-7, and seven, played better of late, 10-4 and four coming into the game tonight, now 10-5 and five with the loss, but they hadn't really had any significant injuries 
of note. Yeah, Clay hasn't been playing at back-to-backs. They had the minutes restriction for Draymond Green, but for the most part, there had been no unplanned absences for any of the championship core. Tonight, one of the first, if not the first, unplanned absence of anybody in the championship core, and it's Andrew Wiggins, and against a very athletic team, not having Andrew Wiggins looked like a massive, massive deal as he came off having one of his best games, really maybe his best game of the season the other night on on Saturday against the Rockets and knocking down all of the three-pointers. I think tonight is most concerning just because it tells you how fragile this whole thing still is for the Warriors. They had been relatively healthy. They had been able to right the ship and hold themselves up from three and seven, but you start taking players away, players that the Warriors need to be playing and need at a high level, and all of a sudden, again, it's a it, it starts to look very quickly like it's a much more fragile, much more maybe a house of cards with the margin for error so slim and, and that everything really has to be uh, on on the same page. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson here on Warriors Wrap-Up at 95.7 The Game. Let's get to a couple of text messages uh, from the 415. J.D., this is a bad loss. No Halliburton, no Turner at home. Seems like the Warriors are incapable of taking non-three-point shots in the fourth quarter of games. Uh, and look, the Warriors are a team, and we saw them hit 25 threes a couple of nights ago, they want to shoot 40-plus a game and maybe even push 50 at, at different times. And you look at it, uh, and, and it, you know, they've been good, I think, when the ball is really zipping at, at, and teams are trying to run them off the line and attacking and trying to get to the basket. But you're right, in the games that the Warriors lose, often it is quick shots. It is what would be considered bad shots, or the Warriors could get better shots. They get a little frenetic uh, at times. They they take the first shot rather than, and it's an open shot, but it's maybe not necessarily the best shot uh, that that you can get. So I think that becomes uh, an issue as well. Uh, another text message from a different person in the four one five, looking at the development, uh, and this person says. J.D., there isn't a Warriors fan who thinks the Warriors can win a chip with Anthony Lamb and Jermichael Green playing significant minutes, so why not take the short-term lumps playing Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody for the long-term gains? It's because the short-term lumps, and look, Moses Moody got an opportunity to play tonight. Moses Moody was so bad in the first half that Steve Kerr didn't even bother to go back to him in the second half, and we've seen that story before as it relates to Jonathan Kaminga. Moses Moody looked overmatched tonight with the Pacers athleticism and their quickness. And so I I think, you know, tonight it it was curious that Kaminga didn't get in the game until the eight minute mark in the second quarter. Rotation was altered a little bit with Wiggins out and Jordan Poole going into the starting lineup and Moody getting some of the minutes at the guard spots and Kaminga go Kaminga gave him a spark tonight. I, I, I gotta say Kaminga was, was good and bad. He gave him a spark when they really needed a spark uh, in that second quarter, Warriors got down 16, and then Kaminga checked in, and the Warriors immediately went on a 20-2 to run and took 
a 44-42 lead in this one. The Pacers, though, 7-0 run, 17-6 finish to the half. Kaminga was out there for a good chunk of that, and his plus 18 was whittled down to, I think, a plus 7 by the half, and Kaminga was not nearly as effective in the second half, but he continues to earn uh, more and more minutes and and was a part of the finishing lineup tonight. I, I tell you, a guy who I thought could have been a part of the finishing lineup tonight as Kaminga's effectiveness waned in the second half, Steve Kirk could have gone to Dante DiVincenzo, uh, I, I thought, uh, in this one. DiVincenzo was terrific in his second half stint in particular. He goes out of the game. Kaminga goes back into the game. And, and right at that point was when Nemhard really, really got rolling and, and effectively put this thing away. So 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Let's react to this one as the Warriors fall short tonight to the Pacers. 112 to 104. We'll hear from Steve Kerr. We'll hear from Dante DiVincenzo. Coming up here, Warriors wrap-up, 95.7 The Game. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Up top, Brissett, Heald, Nemhart. First kind of matchup off the zone. They switch here. Curry down the middle. Nemhart with a dribble. Backs up. He wants it. He shoots it. He hits it again. 107 to 100. This dude's out of his skull tonight. 29 points. 13 assists. 7 boards. Now back to Warriors wrap up on 95-7 The Game. Yeah, Andrew Nemhard finishes with 31. He added another rebound to wind up with eight 13 assists on point and he took the game over for the Indiana Pacers down the stretch as they went at chase 112 to 104 
Welcome you back inside here on Warriors Wrap-Up. John Dickinson with you. 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text here as the Warriors see their 10-game home winning streak come to an end. Golden State now 10-5 and in the last 15 after the 3-7 and start. But make no mistake, this is a setback for the Warriors. I realized right before the break that I never fully answered the question from the Xfinity Mobile text line with regard to, hey, J.D., why not play the young guys, take the lumps now? A lot of Warrior fans don't think this team can win a championship as they're currently constituted. So sacrifice for the development. And the Warriors don't want to acknowledge that they can't win a championship right now. I think the West is, is too jumbled up. And they're they're too close to the top. I think what they're trying to do and, and, and look, try telling the try telling Steph and, and Draymond and Clay and, and Andrew Wiggins that is is the other part of it. And and the problem right now with the hey, play the young guys and so what so what? This team can't win a title anyway. You're gonna lose a lot of games if you do that. And and I think that's why Steve Kerr put the brakes on James Wiseman. I think that's why they pumped the brakes on Kaminga there for a while, although he's been playing more lately and been playing, to his credit, more effectively lately. I think we saw flashes of that in particular in the first half tonight. Uh, but you know, just playing them to play them is not something that the Warriors really have an appetite for at this point, and I think rightfully so. You know, the Western Conference in particular is wide freaking open right now. Uh, and you know, 510 telling me on the Xfinity mobile text line, seating's meaningless right now. Sure, uh, it, it, it's you know, where you are now isn't necessarily where you're going to end up, but it's 100% not meaningless at, at this point. It, it absolutely is not because it is so jumbled up, because there are 13 teams right now that are within two games of 500. In the in the conference, because the Lakers have been playing much better basketball after a horrific start themselves, eight and two in the last ten, and they tricked a game away against the Pacers at what used to be Staples Center last week when Nemhard hit that three pointer at the buzzer, or they would be right there at eleven and eleven at this point. What I'm getting at is there are legitimately probably twelve, maybe even thirteen teams that believe. They can be 500 teams, be 500, you know, play at a 500 level. Now, the math probably doesn't work, but if everybody keeps beating everybody over and over, you know, you, you beat me, I beat you, we beat them, they beat us, and it just is this round robin of, of everybody splitting with everybody uh, among a good chunk of, let's say, three, three or four through 12 in the West, and it absolutely can, can happen that way so it is important and you know losing to a team like the Pacers when a bunch of other teams and look I don't want to disrespect them they got a better record than the Warriors right now in the east so I don't totally want to disrespect them but that team that they had tonight without Halliburton and without Miles Turner the Warriors should be able to beat them on their home floor even without Andrew Wiggins playing like point blank like it's not like the Pacers rolled in with their best version of themselves you know, off a loss in Portland last night and gotten thumped in Utah and getting thumped in Sacramento prior to that. So, uh, but yeah, you lose to them when uh, when 
they lost to Utah and Sacramento and Portland. You know, those are those are teams right now you're fighting with in the Western Conference. And they're all teams right now that are ahead of you in the Western Conference. And what's the difference as to why they're ahead of you in the Western Conference right now? Well, they just beat Indiana and you didn't. So it literally is the difference. So every one of these games, if these teams are going to be more jumped up, are going to matter. And I think you know this is a missed opportunity. Is it catastrophic? No. I mean the Warriors were three and seven. They're ten and five. Warriors keep playing ten and five the rest of the year. They're they're going to be fine. They probably are going to be a top three, top four team in the in the West. But they also aren't going to be as healthy as they've been to this point this season. And I think a, a little bit of that started tonight with Andrew Wiggins missing this game with the adductor strain and the Warriors looking like a completely different team with Andrew Wiggins out of the lineup. The 240 Xfinity Mobile text line starting pool JD was a colossal mistake by Steve Kerr. Warriors needed a defender uh, at the beginning, not more chucking and no defense. One interesting thing we're going to hear from Steve Kerr in just a second uh, he was asked about the three-guard lineup. I think Anthony Slater, the athletic, asked him about it, and we'll we'll run that back for you here. But the, the three-guard lineup, the Steph, Poole, Clay three-guard lineup together is not at the level that it was a year ago in terms of being, you know, undefendable as it was a lot of times for Warrior opponents. But they also held their own defensively. And look, this could just be a bad matchup because Indiana is so athletic and and so you know they, they are the, the quintessential type of team, young, athletic, you know, team that gives the Warriors some some trouble. But I mean, I, I was not surprised that Poole got the start. Although it is different than just saying Poole's gonna get the start for Clay when when Clay is out. But I think there is a belief that, that they kind of owe it to Poole right now. And because that group had played so well together, the three, uh, over the last year since they'd all played together, that the, the easiest way to roll is is with the offense and that the offense should be good enough to, to outweigh any defensive mistakes. But, yeah, I mean, obvious point, but should be pointed out on a night like tonight, when you have the best five-man group in the NBA with Steph and Clay and Wiggins, Draymond and Looney, and that five-man group is unavailable to you, you're a completely different team yourself. And I think we saw that tonight, although it is maybe a little bit more jarring to see uh, in the context of the matchup specifically between uh, the Warriors and, and this Pacers team. 888-957-9570. Let's uh, go ahead and hear from Steve Kerr as he met with the media downstairs here inside Chase Center following this loss Steve three games in four days can obviously be tough on the bodies of your players even though you guys had that day off of rest yesterday did you feel like your guys were a little fatigued out there tonight uh yeah our guys were tired but that's all part of the NBA you know um Indiana is going to play three and four days everybody else is going to do the same thing so it's just part of the season I, I just thought they came in and and uh, outplayed us outcoached us um, it was almost a carbon copy of last year's game you know with uh, different personnel obviously but you know I, the same thing happened last year they had three or four guys out and they came in and took it to us and um, you know that first quarter it was obvious right away just how uh, fast and athletic and aggressive they were and we were swimming upstream the entire night. 
anything you can point to that would indicate why this was a tough night from three? Well, I thought their defense was excellent. They had a good plan. You know, they were trapping uh, Steph out on the perimeter and JP. They were running those guys off the line. And, uh, you know, when, when the game's not going your way, you know, you've got to be able to get stops and score in transition. And we never really uh, contained them defensively. I mean, they were really, um, they controlled the whole game. Nemhard was um, fantastic and uh, he controlled the whole game for them. And we were never able to really string together a bunch of stops. Um, and maybe for a, you know, a little stretch there in the second half, we got, uh, you know, we had one stretch where we got some stops, but for the most part, we couldn't control them. And, and our defense wasn't able to lead us, you know, to, to offensive uh, transition. How much do you think you missed Andrew's perimeter defense and how big an issue right now do you feel like point of attack defense is for you? Yeah. I mean, we missed Andrew, but like I said, they were without four or five guys, you know, so it's not an excuse. Um, we've been pretty healthy all year. We've, we've been, you know, knock on wood. So, but that was a, you know, major problem. Uh, tonight was, um, you know, not being able to stay in front of them. And Nemhard in particular was just getting anywhere he wanted in the lane. And uh, you saw his patience. He threw some brilliant passes, uh, lob passes, uh, drop passes. Um, and then, you know, when we tried to cover up the paint, he was out there knocking out, knocking down threes. So great, great player. Hey, Coach. Uh, pre-game, you talked a little bit about Clay's historic game six years ago and, you know, what it kind of meant for you and you, you like seeing games like that over the course of your coaching career tonight, you know, wasn't necessarily a 60 point game, but you saw what it did for the crowd and for the bench when Clay gets going and gets that hot hand. Can you talk a little bit about that and kind of what it does for the team and what, yeah, what, what it does for the team when he gets that hot hand? Well, Clay, uh, you know, kept us afloat for a while tonight, you know, making, um, made eight threes, I think, and, uh, you know, had it going a couple of times in the game to kind of keep us in it. And um, so he's obviously, you know, huge reason why we've been able able to win championships and the reason he's going to the hall of fame i mean he's a, he's an incredible player steve Kaminga seems to be earning some chunks of playing time recently played quite a bit tonight what is he doing that uh that you like uh his defense has really been excellent and um he's guarding some of the tougher players um for the opposing team whether it's a point guard or a wing um he's got great size and He's uh, he's smart, you know. He's really starting to figure out uh, how to defend without fouling and um, and try to try to bother those ball handlers. And um, so he's earning minutes for sure. A uh, coach. Speaking of Kaminga, um, you've been bringing him in in the first quarter lately, but tonight with Wiggins out, you waited till around the eight minute mark of the second quarter. I was just wondering if you could elaborate on why it took so long to bring him in. Well, we wanted to get some uh, some shooting on the floor, so we went to Moses before we went to J.K. and uh, and Lamb as well. So it just because with Wiggins out, it just changed the rotations. Last season, that three guard lineup, you know, Poole, Curry, um, and Clay together was really good. I mean, all the metrics. Um, this season, it's kind of been middling a little bit. Obviously, you started it tonight. Why do you think those three together haven't maybe been as potent as they were last season? I don't know. I mean, I, I think um, obviously it took Clay a little while to get going this season, and uh, JP's been um, you know up and down a little bit, and so um, you know I think Jordan has really picked up his play here of late. So I, I don't think it's a, a trend. I think it's more just uh, you know we haven't had uh, all three guys clicking at the same time, but I think that's just a matter of time. We talked about Clay pregame and with him leading the team with points do you see him playing back-to-back -back games and getting more minutes off the bench 
Uh, at some point, we'll probably play a back-to-back, but at this point, we don't know exactly when. Steve, without looking at the, the video, obviously, that you will, when you look at this game, what, what is the part of this game that was most disappointing, I guess, or irritating to you? I think our offensive execution. I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, the game was scattered and they were getting to the rim quite a bit and, and our defense wasn't great, but we didn't attack in a great way and uh, we didn't adapt and adjust uh you know, to the way they were guarding us. And, uh, and that's on me. You know, I've, I've got to do a better job of helping the guys recognize what the defense is doing and how we can counterattack that. Um, we just felt like we never uh, found that offensive uh, groove that we needed. Is that specifically related to Steph? He finished 3 of 17, obviously had a cold night, but are you mostly talking about how they defended him? Yeah, I thought they did a good job on, on Steph, you know, trapping him. They've got some some long you know, athletic bigs. So they, they switched and trapped quite a bit on the perimeter and just tried to keep them off the, uh, the three point line as much as they could. And we just, uh, we didn't attack that well enough. Yeah. So there you go. Steve Kerr there fatigue part of the deal, but uh, I thought it was interesting. Steve Kerr referenced that game last year and the Pacers being out. That was before they made the big trade with Sacramento and acquired Halliburton they, they still had Sabonis but Sabonis was not playing uh, in that game I just happened to look it up just for just for grins that was January 20th uh, in this building so January 20th of, of 2022 just about 11 months ago and yeah the the Pacers on that night started uh, Kiefer Sykes Justin Holiday, Chris Duarte Tory Craig uh, and uh, Bitatze, uh as well, the big who who didn't play at all tonight. Uh, so yeah, and and they ended up winning that game. O'Shea Brissett and Isaiah Jackson played in that game. Uh, both those guys gave the Warriors problems tonight. Gave the Warriors problems in that game back in January as well. Uh, and then yeah, Jeremy Lamb who ended up in that that trade uh, to Sacramento, Dwayne Washington, who ended up going to Phoenix. There was uh, a, a lot of interesting names uh, in that game that the Pacers, it took overtime. The Warriors almost saved it down the stretch. But, uh, yeah, Warriors just uh, really bothered by the athleticism and really handling and, and under Rick Carlisle, you know, they got, uh, I think, a, a well – prepared game as far as trying to to take away the threes or trying to make the three-point shot a a little bit more difficult for the Warriors while also still getting them out of their passing game rhythm I think that that's that's the key to it like you you can try to take the threes away but when you take the threes away you run the risk of if the Warriors are really locked in and engaged they get the ball movement going and and it's zipping around and, and they start getting to the basket getting layups you know, draw and kick, and then they wind up getting better threes, even though you you take it away. But the Warriors were a, a little impatient, I, I thought, with some of the traps and took some quick shots. and And at times, Clay was hot, but really, he was the only one at all that was hot tonight for for any stretch. Uh, and he did have a stretch in each half, but uh, ultimately, yeah, too much going as far as the Pacers went on on the other end and, and the athleticism and, and everything that they had working and, and confidence, really. Uh, they, they allowed the, the youthful energy and spirit to get going uh, of that Indiana Pacers team. And then once they were rolling, the Warriors found that, that they were going to be difficult to stop. So uh, a lesson that will have to be learned for the Warriors as they move forward and try to continue to get 
back on track. All right, John Dickinson here, final couple of minutes. Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570 as the Warriors drop to 13-12 and on the season as they're back in action on Wednesday night in Utah. And, you know, the Warriors will have to see about Andrew Wiggins in that one. And, and you know, really the box that's been left unchecked for the dubs to this point has been can they do some of the things that they've done on the home floor and take them out on the road and playing Utah and Salt Lake City is different than playing Utah in this building where the Warriors had success against them surrounding the, the Thanksgiving holiday so uh, the Jazz have been playing a little bit better uh, after they got off to a great start and I think they were what 10 and 6 at one point uh, and they now have lost six of their last ten games to dip to 14 and 12, but they're going to come in right there even essentially with the Warriors, and they've been very good at home. Eight and four at home are the Jazz with the, the Warriors coming into Salt Lake City at, at two and ten uh, away from this building, and, and you know that becomes a game that you know, the Warriors are going to have to get some of these games because it, it, it is going to get more difficult with the Celtics coming in. And then you go on that road trip, which starts with Milwaukee. You play the Pacers again uh, a week from Wednesday. So that game now is no picnic, as as we've seen, uh, just with some of the matchups that, that they can bother the Warriors. And then it's Philly and Toronto. No picnic there. The Knicks and the Nets to close it out. So maybe two of the more winnable games, the Knicks and Nets at the at the back end. But the Nets are playing much better basketball, and while there is some lead-up off time for the Warriors to this trip, but two two days off before the first game, three days off before the last game, once they're actually in the trip, you know, from the first game to the last, it is six games and nine nights, and the Warriors, you know, five and seven, six and nine have been uh, prone to, to maybe resting some players along the way there. So uh, the one thing tonight does do, unless the Warriors can can make it up by winning, let's say, Wednesday or winning uh, a game in Boston, uh, or, or winning a game rather at home against Boston, is they are going to be back in, in sort of the jumbled mess around 500, and that leaves them more vulnerable, susceptible to an injury. And again, I keep coming back to it, Every team's going to have injuries. The Warriors needed to be relatively healthy to be 500 overall to this point in the season. And now you look at it and they lose Wiggins and it becomes a question of it just it just is telling as to, hey, you lose Wiggins and the whole thing looks completely different. And I think and we talk about this a lot, Matt Steinmetz and I in our Warriors Weekly Podcast, we talk about the fact that, and he mentions it even more than I do, where you have this championship core for the Warriors, and if you start taking one player away, and it almost doesn't matter who the player is, Steph, obviously, Draymond, no doubt, Wiggins, absolutely, Clay, uh, you know, sure, Jordan Poole, among them. I mean, hell, you could even make a case that Looney against a certain team, if you didn't have him in a, in a playoff series or for a significant period of time in the regular season, a good chunk, the Warriors would really struggle against certain types of teams. And I think, you know, tonight, and I tend to kind of gloss over that a little bit in the long stretch of a regular season, but I look at it tonight and I think, yeah, that's that's probably that's probably right on point. Uh, so 
Uh, and, and look, you know, no Wiggins tonight, and it, it flips the whole thing on its ear, whether it's right or wrong. The Warriors just are not deep enough and not talented enough and don't have enough trustable young players right now to be able to offset that. All right, uh, before we call it a night, let's hear a couple of minutes of Stephen Curry as he addressed the media following uh, probably his worst game of the season. 12 points on 3 of 17, 2 of 10 from 3. Here's Steph. Steph, what did you see from the Pacers um, or that they did against you that made it hard for you to get going tonight? Uh, they're pretty athletic. And uh, I know they had a lot of motivated guys with some extra minutes with their guys out. And they brought a lot of energy, kind of punched us in the mouth early in the first quarter. And they tried to just disrupt the flow of our offense and make it a one-on-one situation, which, you know, we can play that way. But it's, you know, not necessarily a way for us to kind of dig ourselves out of a hole. So, you know, thankfully, Clay got hot and kept us, you know, somewhat alive. JP played well. Just, you know, collectively, we couldn't put it together on both ends. Um you know, especially down the stretch. And they made plays, so, like, we know we got to play better, but, the, you know, they made shots, and they went and won the game. Nemhard really kind of put it away late. No Wiggins, obviously, so, you know, who probably would have maybe been guarding him at the time. Just how big a problem was just, I guess, point of attack defense time? He played well, and he was making shots and controlling their offense. Obviously, you know, his stat line is crazy, but I think he controlled the, the flow to the point where, you know, they're getting their bigs involved on rolls, a couple of lobs. They were kicking out to, you know, shooters in the corner. And uh, we had moments where we were pretty physical and get stops, but like you said, he, he made enough plays down the stretch and with the space that they had, you know, took advantage of it. So we can think about, obviously, again, we have to play better. We know we can could have made some adjustments, could have tried to make him a little bit uncomfortable, but they play well. Just a fatigue factor for you guys tonight. I mean, obviously three and four, I guess, team-wide, did you feel lower level of energy? And then I, I would even ask personally. There's always a part of that, just like you said, in the flow of the season. Knowing what the schedule looks like, we all got to find our way through 82. And so you don't really dwell on that too much. I think the way that we started, it set the tone for the whole game. But I don't think it was in our heads too much uh, in terms of not having, you know, the right juice or energy, especially at home. Like, you should be able to find it. And, you know, we didn't. Steph, I know there's only so much you could say about this, but with the caring, it seems like it's a call for the refs. Like, it's going to be hard to make consistently. You know, I know that in Dallas there was some Luca could have maybe gone either way tonight, maybe Nimhard too. Just kind of your thoughts on the consistency of it with the refs and how hard that might be able to call as the season goes forward. It's a good question just because what is the true definition of it? What are the ones that are you know, pretty egregious that some, I guess, traditionally they've let go and now they're trying to crack down on it and now it might sway a little bit overboard to some that are kind of iffy. I really didn't think mine was and you can tell like usually when you carry you get away with it there's a reaction usually you know when you get called for it it's like yeah I did that when I had the reaction I had it was like I didn't know what I did wrong and big moment in the game when you're trying to you know fight your way back into it so sure that stuff will work itself out it's not anything I'm thinking about when I'm out there you just play basketball because you know how to play and know how to dribble but you just hope they get them all right I think games like this are kind of a reminder to the world that you are human um, as much as you convince us that you might not be. But do you think like with a game like this, what kind of can you take away from this at, at your point in your career from a game like this? 
all about what happens next. Like you said, set an expectation for yourself of how you're supposed to play, how you're supposed to shoot. I always talk about efficiency and, you know, you're not going to hit that mark every game you play. Uh, and when it's not going well from the jump, you try to find other ways to get involved and, you know, impact winning. But I'll probably think about it a little bit tonight. It's a regular season. I know we have, you know, games coming up. I won't lose any sleep over it. It's just a matter of how you come back and maintain your confidence and what, you, what you're capable of doing. Last year, there, you know, were a handful of games like this where you may have started out sluggish, but still towards the latter portion of the game, find a way to pull it out. This year hasn't quite been like that. Just what what's the difference in these close late games and and why haven't you guys been able to kind of shut the door like you were able to previously i mean we're still working on our execution the pet plays we need to you know be able to rely on our defensive chemistry and we had a lot of different lineups and rotations and uh you know early in the season we were trying to build a chemistry there you know like i said there's a lot of room for improvement on that front but i think it's night and day you know where we are now versus where we were a month ago and hopefully that trend continues. You know, we understand. I think this year is just the theme is our margin for error isn't that great. And that's why our record is 13 and 12. So you have to be mindful of that and know that as much as you can focus on the details of what the game plan is, depending on who you're playing and execute that for 48, knowing it's not going to be perfect. That'll build the right habits for later in the season when, you know, we are closing in on, you know, another hopefully another playoff run where it all kind of comes together. Yeah, so Steph Curry there reacting to this one. And, uh, look, nobody's worried about Steph Curry and whether he'll be able to bounce back or, or not uh, off of a, a tough shooting game. Uh, but the Warriors, yeah, I thought he mentioned you know, Clay Thompson being able to get hot. That that really kept the game from, from getting out of hand and, and propelled the Warriors back into it. Uh, in this one, I, I just keep thinking uh, when you look at the margin for error, and it's something that's been brought up a lot, and I've talked about it a lot, it it just makes me think that when push comes to shove, the Warriors are, are going to have to they're going to have to probably add another rotation player, and I don't think that rotation player is necessarily a big man. I think it's probably more of a wing, and and you just look at tonight. It's especially exposed with Wiggins out of the fold, but I think you could make the case that the Warriors need another wing, even when they have Andrew Wiggins. And I've I've relayed this. Look, Kaminga well in the first half he was the first sub in in the second half I thought in the second half he wasn't as good as he was in the first half down the stretch I don't think he was as good defensively as he had been in, in either two uh, prior stretches of the game but I, I think you need one more veteran you know one of those guys and, it, it, and they're hard to find and they may be un, unable to find but but one more of those guys that's in the the 28 to 32 age range that can defend and knock down threes and that you just trust uh, above the young players like Kaminga and, and Moody and Wiseman, although I think Kaminga's kind of in his own category right now with, with Moody and Wiseman uh, behind him, and rightfully so, uh, because you saw you saw all of it tonight. You saw the good and the bad uh, as, as far as, as Kaminga goes. And maybe if you have Wiggins, Wiggins and Kaminga on a night like tonight is enough, but is that enough in – a playoff game that you really need or a game that can change the, you know, the, the outcome of a, of a playoff series. I think that's, that's what's key. That's what's, what's critical. And, and then, and we'll have to see uh, as far as, you know, whether the Warriors have the means to, to go out and do that. I think when you start to look deeper at do the Warriors have the means to go out and do it, 
well, that player probably doesn't exist on the buyout market. And then you think, well, if you're going to make a trade, who would be the most tradable player that you would send out to try and get somebody back? And I think at that point, that's where you start to be led down the path of, well, who's the one player right now that's behind everybody as far as fitting into uh, the young core, the two timelines with the veterans and, and all of that, and it's James Wiseman. But that, uh, my friends, is another conversation for another time, and the Warriors are going to have to decide here over the course of the next really two and a half months whether they want to strongly explore that path to get that type of player in that type of age range back in the fold that helps you on a light night like tonight, but really more so I think helps you in the playoff games where the rest of the guys that have been here as far as the championship core look like they do still have the ability to get it done if they're fortified with some other players that, that can help you get it done, like last year when they had an Otto Porter and a, and a Gary Payton the second. I think they need to find, at least attempt to find somebody that can do a little bit of what Gary Payton the second could do for him last year. Not saying it's easy, but I do think it's it's something that, that will be necessary. All right, we'll call it a night on that front. Uh, thanks to Sterling Bennett in our San Francisco studios and everybody back there at the station cutting up the highlights and the postgame sound and, and all of that uh, as uh, the Warriors end up having their home winning streak snapped tonight at 10 as the Pacers come in here and get the job done against the Warriors, 112-104. to So up next for the Dubs, they're in Salt Lake City on Wednesday. Uh, that is a 5 o'clock Warriors Live as Damon and Ratto will have Warriors Live for you on Wednesday for that one. And then I will be back with Warriors wrap-up following the game as the Warriors take on the Jazz and then uh, the Warriors and the Celtics. That'll be a good one Saturday. Uh, we'll have pre- and post-game for you uh, as well as Warriors this week leading up to that one. So that'll do it. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Pacers 112, Warriors 104, and you heard it right here in 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.